While we were talking about pregnancy, a lot of good conversations started to rise about postpartum depression, and we didn't want you to miss out, so we created this little episode extra for you. Genetically and just from my trauma, I'm very at, or I have higher risk of depression, anxiety. Um, I mean, I've been dealing that since I was a kid. So I knew that I was at risk or higher risk for experiencing postpartum depression. Um, and I actually did end up experiencing that for about a month and a half. I couldn't be near my daughter. Um, it was, it was really scary. Um, and it's hard because like I had tried to have the conversations, like what is postpartum depression? Like, what does it look like? What do I need to watch out for? Um, because I mean, there were times where I was afraid I was going to shake my daughter and it freaked me out. And having my aunt there, she was a huge support for that. She was like, if you can't handle it, let me know. And I can come get her. I will help you through this. And after that month and a half, I just wanted to be around my daughter. Like (laughs) it was like a whole 360 flip of my emotions toward my daughter. And it was, it was scary, but I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that it only lasted a month and a half for me because I know there's a lot of people who experience it longer. Um, but it, it has helped because when I, when I met my uh, biological family a couple of years ago, that was my first experience of what unconditional love was. And I've only known them, what, six, seven years now? So it's, it's a really short amount of time that I've gotten to experience what unconditional love was, where if I make a mistake, they're not going to just disown me, um, which is a lot of what our foster kids um, go through. Um, So it it really, really helped having them a part of that journey. And now I I don't even have to worry about my daughter not getting the love that she needs, because that was one of the other worries that I had. I grew up in a really large family. And then 18, I had nobody. And then I was afraid that when I have kids, they're going to have nobody. And that's not true. They have, I mean, she has more love than she could ever need. (laughs) Um, So it it really, really helped. Yeah. And it sounds like that also ties into a lot of the, uh, you know, like we were talking about before being afraid that we're going to repeat the same mistakes and that we're going to get stuck in these generational cycles. So like, yeah, good on you that you were able to like find your way out of that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm sorry you went through what you went through, girl. I have like similar things. Um, I know you had to go, but I love to like piggyback off each other because when you brought up like the birthing plan and postpartum, um, like postpartum for me was terrible. And so I like I had to look it up because I didn't want to be labeled that. I didn't want them to give me medicine or anything, you know, so I completely understand like how you feel especially about like the family thing I learned about postpartum through black infant health and because what they because of what they taught me I I knew like my symptoms I knew what I was feeling was like like it wasn't about my baby my postpartum was about me so like I was all over him but for myself I couldn't even get out of bed And for a little bit, it was okay because he was a baby, right? Like, just hold him, heal up. You had a C-section. But after that, I still couldn't get up. Like, I was doing Pilates and swimming, like, and I didn't want to get in the water. And I didn't know why. So then I started beating myself up that I didn't want to do anything. And 
because of black infant health, I like, okay, this is part of this and I don't want to go deeper. So how can I get out? What I didn't know was how to get out of it, but I figured it out. But like, <laughs> Yeah. Do you feel like that helped you to understand like, this isn't a core piece of my personality. This is an experience that I'm going through that I'm going to get through on the other side. At first it didn't, it wasn't like that. It was like, yeah. is this the new me? Is this like, Oh, I'm going to be, am I going to be able to play with my baby or like, like what happened? And like my body wasn't back to regular either. So like struggling with the bleeding for weeks and um, like I had a C-section. So the stable, like I could still feel the pain sometimes, like I'd be fine all day. And then I just get a pain. Like I couldn't walk. And I'm like, is this the rest of my life? Um, so that was like for a cool three months after he was born, maybe four. Um, but, uh, my mentor, she was like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to talk to anybody. You could just come over and sit with us. And, um, so that like got me out the house. Right. And then, cause I wouldn't even, I'd open the front door and not go outside. Like I was, I don't know what was happening. It was just like this dark cloud. And um, I went outside and she's like, do you, um, you know, like she was just like trying different things to get me like to be social again. And then it became embarrassing. So then I started beating myself up because I was embarrassed that I wasn't myself, you know? So it, it became like a really big battle, but just like, reminding myself, okay, they said that that's postpartum. I guess knowing myself before it happened helped. And then the the class I took, like that was a lifesaver. Cause if I didn't take that class, I wouldn't have known it was postpartum and I probably would have just made it my regular self. I think as a midwife, I have a very different perspective of like postpartum expectations and what I expect from birthing people and what's normal and what's not. Pregnancy and postpartum are forever entwined there are four trimesters. We have, again, the way we talk about pregnancy is really problematic as a society. Like your baby's here and then we, you're no longer pregnant. And, you know, we just kind of drop you off is like unrealistic. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think pregnancy is like your body training you on how to be postpartum. Pregnant people have to eat, right? It was cute when you was by yourself, solo occupant. Oh, I can eat one meal a day and it's cute and it's fine. No, now you have a baby who's going to want to feed on demand. And so every 45 minutes, there's somebody who looks just like you. So are we going to eat? What are we doing? (laughs) Right. But your body already trained you for that in pregnancy because every 45 minutes, you're like, I'm hungry again. Um, And so I think this is not the solution. The support for postpartum is like community care. I do not have the expectation of birthing people to like, get up and go outside of their house every day. First of all, as a midwife, I'm going to tell you, you're not allowed outside of the bed for the first seven days, whether you had a C-section or otherwise, right? And if I see you out, we gonna have a problem. And I've had many people that I've had to sequester in the target, um, right? Like our expectation is like, people should be feeding you. People should be bringing you food. People should be resourcing you, right? Part of like the depression that is allowed to grow as the feeling of isolation. Yeah, of course I'm depressed. I'm isolated. Nobody's here. No one is taking care of me. Yeah, I would be depressed too, right? And so I think there's like a line between baby blues, 
you just had a whole baby. Your hormones are crashing. Think about how problematic we are at the end of our cycles. I know me. I do shoot the violence. But imagine that like magnified, right? A whole baby. And then we're expecting you just to be okay. That is not realistic. And like nothing about that matches up with our anatomy and our environment. Like I don't have those expectations. I expect people to care for birthing people. Um, I expect people to, um, yeah, I expect people to show up. I expect people to provide care and like resources and comfort. Um, but I don't expect birthing people to care for themselves. I expect them in pregnancy to advocate for, hey, this is what I would like postpartum to look like. I don't eat lasagna. Can y'all not bring me that? Can y'all know I like the number four from wherever? Um, those are like the expectations that I have. I also think when it comes to like families, a lot of emphasis is on the baby. You cannot help the baby. And I think level setting that for families is like really helpful. The birthing person and the baby are like really not even a separate person. Like you holding the baby is cute. It's fun. It is not helpful. You washing the dishes, you doing some laundry, you bringing some food, you having a good attitude, you doing work. No, that's helpful. Right. And so like, right. You don't even have the strength to do the other chores. Like I can hold the baby. (laughs) Listen, this is the last time they're going to offer to cater to you. Maybe it's the first birthday. It ain't about you no more. So take your couple of weeks and get them in. Okay. You know, I think that's like my greatest advice is like, take your time in pregnancy to like really figure out how many chores you have. And so like figure out, okay, I need somebody to come do my laundry. I need somebody to walk this dog. I need somebody to take care of my toddlers. I like... These are all jobs. And when people volunteer, the hard part for most of us as birthing people is like accepting the help. Yeah. Even if they talk about you for it later, okay, well, I still got the help. Okay. You know. <laughs> like, so what has to become your attitude because you were trying to like get resources and like keep your head above water as like a birthing person. And it's very easy to like slip if you don't really accept the help that is being offered to you. Thanks for stopping by. To hear more and support our cause, like this video and subscribe to our channel. And check out fosterreprohealth.org for more resources.